are going to have a show. It's the news, according to me. Good. What is today? This is. This must be Tuesday. It's got to be Tuesday. And here I am doing a show in the afternoon. It's 2.22. 12. 12. 20. 23. Wow, that's just a whole lot of twos and all that stuff. It is uh, 2.22 Eastern Standard Time in the, in the afternoon, and I am doing a show on December 12th, 2023. I, um, yeah, I, I apologize for getting this out so late today. I, I actually was in, uh, I got home much earlier. But I had to tend to someone who's not feeling very well. My, my wife is very sick right now. Um, she had, she has way worse than I had it. I had it. She, she's, she's got it 10 times worse. I, it's, it's, I kind of, you know, my voice got rough and I was, there were some things that it just, it didn't go well. Um, for me there for a couple of days, uh, it, she's been coughing. Uh, she, she now basically cannot talk. She, she can, she can whisper is all she can do. And she's, uh, coughing like crazy. So I would, you know, those of you who are praying people, I'd appreciate your prayers. Uh, she would appreciate your prayers. But, um, yes, she, she's in, uh, not such good shape. Uh, might say she's kind of, she's a little under the weather. You might say, uh, maybe more than a little under the weather. Regard. Okay. Let's moving on. Uh, so anyway, I'd tend to a few things. She needed some lunch. I would take her and get some soup and, uh, did that. I'd take the Jeep in, of course. I'd, I'd run the Jeep at least once a week. I took the Jeep in, got some soup, brought her home, and then uh, she's just been coughing the whole time. Been interesting trying, trying to communicate with her. Been very quiet. Usually when it's quiet like that, she's usually mad at me. So I'm, I, the whole, all day I just thought she was mad at me, and she's, she's actually just, she just can't talk. But of course, when she can talk, I'm, I, then that's, I usually assume she's mad at me as well. But it's, it's just, so I, yeah, just pretty much all the time. Um, well, anyway, next, next subject. Uh, we'll just get on moving, moving along, right along. Um, not saying she's it's not, not a reason for her to be, but that's you know. All right, I'm still I'm still talking about. It. Let's move, move on. I'm moving on. So, um, you're probably wondering what's in my cup here in the middle of the afternoon. I, all I have today, I was going to have some hot chocolate, but I have a cookie that I got when I was buying her soup. I found a cookie that was looked pretty good. I thought, well, I'll eat that later after I have some little bit of lunch. I just had a little snack, and, and I have a. I'm, I'm at the home studio, by the way, not not the international studio, but the home studio. So I decided to. Uh, I was going to have some hot chocolate. Well, then to, to have to, with the show here, but then I um, to really surprise everybody, and not have any chai. But I, I but I had uh, I got the water all heated up and everything. I was ready to make some hot chocolate, and you know, I ended up thought, well, I'd rather have that hot chocolate with that cookie, and I'd rather have the cookie after the show. So th- it all kind of fell apart. So now all I have is apple cider, cold apple cider, but it is good. And I have um, an apple cider and I have a little backup bottle of water here just in case I relapse and start coughing or choking. I have, uh, I don't have a whole lot to talk about today. I do have one thing. It's interesting that uh, I can never remember the guy's name. Is it Victor Davis, Victor Hanson Davis, Victor Davis Hanson? Victor, somebody. I think it's. I th- I think, it's Victor Davis, Hanson. He's got like, two, you know, some people have, two first names. He's got like three names, and I, I think two of them are last names. And I'm not Victor Davis Hanson. I think I've never. I don't know anybody that's. First name is Hanson. Maybe maybe that is possible. I've heard, you know, like Victor Davis or Victor Hansen. It could be either one of those two, or it could even be Bob Victor. I don't, you know, I don't know. He's, he has like three last names. I'm not sure what that's all about. Maybe it's because he's more educated than I am. Anyway, he's this guy that everybody. He's kind of this intellectual guy who's, I guess, kind of a conservative philosopher type. Um, good, good analyst of of certain things, and I, I think he. Uh, he was being interviewed by somebody. I don't know who it was. 
um, yeah, it doesn't say, but he's, he's talking about California and why people are leaving California. Um, people are leaving in droves. And Gavin Newsom can't, and it's, it's sad what's happening there. There's a point where a state, where a, where a uh, entity like California will collapse economically. This, is, this has happened before uh, in some cities. It's never happened in an entire state, but it is, it is about to. Um, they are, if they continue on the road that they are on right now, I don't think there's more than three years that they can go right now without them actually just imploding. If, if the trends continue the way they are right now, and I, I don't see anything changing you know, with the continuation of legislation in California and regulation in California and their practices for immigration, taxation, if, if that all continues the way it is right now, because it, because it continues to escalate. They're, they're not just, if they just stopped doing anything right now as far in terms of increasing their level of, they, they, I, I, they, I think they still might, they might be able to stretch it out there maybe four years. But they continue to add things on. It just continues to get crazier. I, I believe, I know, I think Michigan actually just put in place, Gretchen Whitmer, Whitless Mittler, Hitler, Gretchen, Gretchen Hitler, they call her. They, uh, my understanding is she basically just made some kind of a, I don't know if they passed it or not. I think that they might have passed this. By 2023, or by 2030, I think it is, by 2030, a certain percentage of all cars sold in the state have to be electric or non-emissions, which is, it's a, it's a fallacy. All cars have emissions. Just depends on where you have the emissions, before, you know, to put the energy in the car. Whether the car itself is putting out the emissions, or you're putting out the emissions to put the energy in the car. It just either, either way, it's got emissions. And of course, they don't have the infrastructure for this. My understanding is that there was like seventy billion dollars, or seven billion, seven billion, or seventy billion. I can't remember which it was. It doesn't matter. When it gets to that point, it's like, well, who cares? After that, after some point, it's just now. It's just now they're just making up numbers. Apparently was was in one of those bills that Joe Biden pushed, you know, for our, I think it was part of this, was it part of the uh, Anti-Inflation Act? I don't know if any of you remember, um, and I, I think I've talked about this before, but this, this, all this big omnibus bill stuff started happening, I, I believe it actually started with George Bush. Uh, the num number one, George Bush. I can't remember Reagan doing this. Now, maybe they've all done it to some degree. But it really became a big thing, like really made news when Bill Clinton did it when his first year in office. But I'm pretty sure George, George H.W. did it when he first got into office. He did some kind of... What, and what this is, it starts off, it started off all sweet and innocent enough because it was just a small amount of money. But, it, it, but even then, it, it was, I think it was only like $7 billion or something. Or, it wasn't even $7 billion, 700, so it was $700 million? $700 million, I think, when, when Clinton did it, and it was a big deal. It was like they, people were making a big deal out of it. Because it was just, we've never seen such a mess. Of that. We don't, we're not going to spend that kind of money. It was a stimulus bill. When he first got into office, I think within the first three months, he, he proposed this stimulus package. Stimulus. We're, we're going to spend this money on infrastructure and all about roads and bridges, roads and bridges, roads and bridges. It's always this stuff about infrastructure. Which is actually a justifiable means for taxation because we all benefit from that. That is the one thing that you can do. Infrastructure, if it's done with some accountability, it is the one thing I don't mind so much having taxation for. But I, you know, I don't, I still don't like, the, I still don't like personal income tax. And I don't like property tax. Those two things I think are immoral. This is like some, owning property, just because you own land 
And of course, every year you, you, know, you own a car, you have to pay excise tax, only if you drive it on the road. Now, the state of Indiana, you have to fill out all kinds of paperwork if you're not going to, you have to agree that you're never going to drive it on the road. Because we do have some wacky people out there who think, oh, you don't have to get a, get a license. You don't have to have a, a, a uh, license plate to drive on the road. There's some, there are some people out there. Have, you know, I find these little loopholes in the, in the law. Let me know how that works out for you when you have an accident. We have, um, yeah, so, so we have this, this weird stuff where these, these stimulus packages go out there. And they pay all of their cronies with this money. Every time somebody gets into office, now when Bill Clinton first got into office, it was seven, I think it was 700 million. I'm pretty sure. This was back in 90, was it 90? Was it the, in the middle of 93? Like in the spring of 93, if I remember correctly. It was right after he got elected. And, you know, he'd only been in office for a couple months and had this, and they pulled this whole thing off. Now, ever since then, I think even after he won in, uh, I'm pretty sure he did it again in 90, in uh, 96, actually 90, would have been 97. I'm right. They, they always pull off this little, stim- well, because, you know, it was, it was the economy stupid. You know, uh, Carvel had this whole thing where, under George H.W. Bush, the economy was just terrible. The economy, the economy was terrible. Well, it's nothing like it is now. It, it, it called, if you want to call that terrible, look at what it is now. They convinced the entire, the, the news media, everybody convinced everybody that, the, that it, it was, Carvel was in charge of the news media even back then. And everybody was saying how, oh, the economy, the economy is really struggling. Well, the economy is really struggling. The stock market is down. Everything else. I remember all this stuff. They were, they were saying all this stuff. And, it, and I just remember people like looking around, people who weren't necessarily into politics and even people who were into politics and even people on the left were saying, because, you know, there wasn't this polarized left and right thing back then. They're saying, I don't, I just don't see the economy being that bad right now. You know, people were still buying things. People, people were still, you know, the market was still solid. It was, nobody was really all that concerned back then. I mean, it was, it was, there was some concern, but I think a lot of the concern was hyped up. There was just any concern there was at all. And there was a few states that were having problems. So we've been back in 93, 92, actually, during the, during the election year. They just made it sound like the economy was terrible. Now, I, I do not like HW. The Bushes in general anymore. I'm, I'm, I see them for who they are now. And, I, and I, I give Ron Paul a lot of the credit for educating me on what the Constitution actually says. Now, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything Ron Paul has to say, but if there was ever a politician that I, I think I, well, the only politician I've ever given money to a campaign to was Ron Paul's. Now, people will say, well, his, his foreign policy, you know, stuff is, well, crazy. He's, got, he's wacky on some things, got it on the economy, but he's crazy on some of I'm not so sure about that. I'm not so sure he was, I always kind of was a little uncomfortable with some of his foreign policy ideas, but no, I, I, um, I, I think he had the right idea and it was very, it's very, you know, Trump has in some ways kind of followed along with some of his, his, uh, foreign policy ideas, but not, not, but it's, his tactics are different. Um, Ron Paul just was not a very strong speaker, communicator, um, but his philosophy, his ideology, I think, was spot on. He understood the founders. Let's just put it that way. To a, to a greater degree, I think, than most uh, politicians today do. They, they, they'll, they'll throw the Constitution out there. They'll act like, oh, this is, they'll, they'll wave their little flag around. They'll act like oh, this is, you know, this is. They're all for the Constitution, and oh no, we're going to, you know, Donald Trump's going to subvert. He's going to cancel the Constitution. Oh, this is a constitutional crisis. Every, if you remember, every about every other day, we were hearing from CNN or MSNBC that this is a constitutional crisis. We're constantly under a constitutional crisis with Donald Trump in the in the White House. Um, now, having said all of that, Joe Biden had this big. This big bill, this big omnibus bill. It's, it's always way bigger than any, you know, it's always some ridiculous thing. And it was supposed to do this 
anti, you know, inflation act or whatever it was. And I get there was just like, there were, I think there was billions and billions of dollars. Let's just put it that way. Were allocated to create an infrastructure for rechargeable, for, for charging stations for cars. Now, keep in mind that Tesla has already put in place and is putting in place charging stations for their cars. This is all part of their network. They're doing it in the private sector. If you notice, Joe Biden didn't, and it's an American-made car. It's not a foreign car that's being, being uh, assembled here. It's, a, it's not a foreign company. It's, an, it's a U.S. company. Joe Biden, when he does his little tour with, with the electric the EVs and the hybrids, goes to Detroit, or Pontiac, wherever it was he went, and he talks about Ford and GM and Chrysler. Doesn't talk about Tesla at all. And he has this idea of putting all this money. So the question is, and the government is, doesn't have a department of electric car manufacturing, car charging station manufacturing or installation projects. Because that would, of course, that would fall under Pete Buttigieg. He probably just took the seven billion or whatever it is, the billions he put it in his bank account. So, oh, I'll just I got to take you know ten weeks off. I, and it's it's hard to tell you know where this money's going to go. Now, of course, they they pay off cronies. And what, what I'm getting at here is this is where crony capitalism comes into play. If you follow the money and look at the contracts and look at how they bid the contracts, this happens in Chicago. This is Chicago politics and on steroids. I've been around the Chicago area a lot over the past 20 years. I've observed the politics of what happens there and how things are arranged and managed. Keep in mind, this is where Barack Obama came from. He's very familiar with Chicago politics. You can't get very deep into the politics of what happens there without realizing the corruption that's there. The ridiculous nature of the way they hide things in the budget, the way they manipulate funds. This the same thing happens in, in most larger blue cities. I think Detroit's this way. I'm pretty sure... Indianapolis has been kind of on the teetering edge of it gets run well sometimes and other times it doesn't. It doesn't have the deep-seated corruption that some some other cities have. But places like San Francisco and uh, L.A., New York City, just Atlanta is even this way for the most part. I, I I could probably name a dozen cities that are definitely off the edge. But they use this kind of, well, we're going to get funding for something. They put it out for bid to do a particular job and they find, you know, they put these stipulations in on, on who can, on what has to be done, the way it has to be done. And knowing that there's only one company that has that ability, has those particular things. And it's usually that company that's telling them here, you need to put in these stipulations. They've got these meetings under the table that are not in the public view. I know how this stuff works. I've seen it on a local level even. I've seen it happen with little airport boards here in a local, local community where they have a meeting before they have the public meeting. Talk about how they're going to present something. And then the press isn't there for those meetings. And they make it, they have this little show they put on to make it look like they're, this, this is the way they do things in big cities, only they, they have a much better, broader network of people involved. Same, same kind of tactics, same thing. Happens all the time. And it is, in my opinion, it's absolutely corrupt. And again, this is one of those things where, you know, let the people know the truth and the nation will be saved. And we don't let people know the truth keep things hidden, we keep things cloaked, we, keep, we have this narrative, we have this phony, baloney, 
act that we put on, we'll put a veneer on things to make it look like, well, we've got to sell it to the public, so we need to make it look like this so we can sell it to the public. And otherwise, people won't. No, just tell them the truth. This is, I think this is what I think Vivek Ramaswamy, I think, I think is why he's appealing to me. And that's why Trump is, that's why Trump has appeal. I'm not, not don't, don't get me wrong. Trump's the guy. It's, it's interesting. Christy Noem just finally came out and said, we need to, you know, set aside our, our things. And I, I, she's, I think she's up for VP. I'm pretty sure she's on a short list for VP with Trump. But she came out now. She said, we need to get behind Donald Trump as the, as the nominee and stop, you know, bickering. Rana, Rona, whatever her name is, McDaniels, whatever her name is, the head of the GOP. Three more, three more debates. I think they've already had four. There was only, they were only supposed to have three to begin with. And then they had another one. They threw in another one. Now there's going to be three more. And I'm pretty sure it's part of her design. She hates Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm, and, and Vivek made some comments about Chris Christie going off and having a meal, which, you know, uh, you know, why would that be a problem, Chris? Well, because you're morbidly obese. And you want to talk about being a, she, he, he's calling Vivek a blowhard. And he made some comments about the, the bridge. And actually, it's been misunderstood. People say, well, yeah, he built a bridge. His foreign policy, some, I heard, I heard an, a, a, somebody commentated the other day say something about, yeah, he said something about his, you know, he built a bridge in, in New Jersey. No, he, he closed a bridge in, in New Jersey for political reasons because he was mad at somebody, some, something to do with him and another politician. He closed the bridge because of some political issue. The bridge was fine. And Vivek made some comments about that, about his foreign policy experience. And that's the kind of guy that, that Chris Christie is. And people initially really liked the guy and, and, and thought he should run for president back, this is, you know, 20 years ago, back when he was, you know, kind of sassy and, you know, kind of in your face, telling, like, telling you like it is. Then they find out this guy is nothing but a little conniving little schoolboy, school, schoolyard bully. That's what he is. He's not very good at it. He's a phony. That's what he is. And he's, you know, he's on CNN every other night talking about you know, how bad Trump is. What, gee, I wonder why they've got you on CNN there, Chris Christie. Why, why, do, you, why do you suppose they, they, they love you on there for right now? Because you're a useful idiot, that's why. And they doesn't even see it. These people don't even see it. Liz Cheney being used by, like crazy by the left. Adam Kinzinger. All these, all these people are being used. So, so they do all this taxation stuff. And what, what ends up happening in these cities and states, and mostly cities have, been, have had the problem with this, but they'll, they'll, they'll tax people like crazy. Well, then this money goes back to their cronies. It never, it never gets spent. There's not been a one dime spent. On there, how many charging stations has the government put in place now? None. Zero. How many grants have they given to people who want to put tra- charging stations in? Zero. Nothing. I guarantee you there are companies out there making millions at least, if not billions, on designing and prototyping and all kinds of other things, all kinds of projections and doing, you know, soil analysis or whatever they're doing, making all kinds of money. And, and these, or, these are organizations that, if you trace them back, they're probably spinoffs from Acorn or something like that. Acorn was a, was a major social justice net, network, social organization had a lot to do with Planned Parenthood. And they were funneling, they were, the government was funding ACORN. A lot of money was being channeled to ACORN. Well, when they discovered this and they kind of broke it apart and basically dashed it to, to, the, to the rocks, 
all they did was splinter off and into about 12 different other organizations. And so now you, now you just have to give your money to more different places, but they're all the same. They're doing the same things. I guarantee you there's like one parent organization they're giving, you give that, give your money to that particular one. And, and all the, you know, the, so the government's doing that whole thing. And so Soros and all these other company, all these other people who are trying to destroy the founding principles of this country, trying to control this country. They, they, they're the ones who get behind this kind of stuff. Now, I guess I just saw Taylor Swift. She got on, I, I just say boo-hoo, but she, she, she gets on and she does some kind of a public service announcement or whatever she said. I guess, I guess she, somebody bought out all the rights to all of her music or something or some kind of intellectual property buyout, so of some kind. And it's, it was Soros and t- two other major billionaires that bought her out. And, she, and she's like, they, she said, they never talked to me about it. They never said anything. They just bought it all out, and I don't even have controlling share. Uh, boo-hoo. Uh, these are the people that you, you love. They, 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 they give money to all of your social justice Causes. So what, why do you so, so why do you why are you so, so upset that they they would do you wrong like that? Oh. So so anyway, uh, anyway, what I'm what I'm trying to say here is just there. There's a whole lot of corruption out there. It it goes on for a long time. I mean, it, it's it it goes deep. Let's just put it that way. And if you really start following the money on many of these organizations and politicians and how they're involved and who, who does the bidding, who gets the jobs, you start realizing whose who's uncle, whose cousin, whose son-in-law is involved in all this stuff. And you realize this, this money is just funneling its way back to those involved. People are being rewarded for what they've done. And that's what the whole stimulus thing is about. Uh, when Bill Clinton first did it, he was – most of the money for that stimulus – from the stimulus packages went to organizations that funneled their money back to their campaigns. They're paying them off. Payola for people who – people who had donated money to them for their campaign. They basically paid them back and, and made sure that they made – you know, they, they got some money back from the government. When – and Barack Obama did his little shovel ready. Well, I guess, I guess shovel ready wasn't quite, quite so shovel ready. It's shovel ready projects. Shovel ready. In other words, they were ready to just, as soon as they had the money, they were ready to pull the trigger and do the, do the projects. Well, none of them happened. And he made a joke about it. I guess, I guess shovel ready wasn't quite as, sho- I guess they weren't quite as ready as in the shovel as I thought. Gee, well, that, that's great. Thanks. Thanks, man, for, you know, spending all that money for nothing. Where did the money go then? by the way. You know, and they just keep getting more, billions and billions of dollars. And that's why they hated Trump, because Trump wasn't part of that little network. Now, when Trump first got in, he went ahead with that big budget deal. And one of the things you have to, you have to learn with, about the left much like when you, if you apologize for something, I, I see this happen all the time. This, this constantly happens. Someone will come out and make a statement on Twitter or wherever they make it, and they and they they realize they, they'll say something. Like, there's you know there's only there's there's men and women. There's only two genders or whatever. They will come out and make a statement like that, and of course they get, they get the backlash. Oh, the backlash! Oh, and they come out and apologize, or their their publisher or their producer comes out to apologize or their spokesperson or whatever it is that they don't necessarily come out to do it. Somebody, somebody says it for them sometimes come out, comes out and apologizes, but they don't care. There's no redemption in this, in this religion that they have. There's no grace. There's no mercy. When you apologize, it's what it shows is blood in the water. It shows weakness. And the next thing you know, they will cancel you. They run you out on a rail. It's the people who stand up to it that seem to come out 
scathed to some degree, but they remain standing. It's the people who kowtow to it and ask for forgiveness and, 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 and admit to it and apologize that they disappear and you never see them again. It just, it just gets worse. Because it shows weakness, you know, on both sides. They're just, they're just mealy-mouthed phonies. People see through that stuff. All right, anyway, having said all that, California, in my opinion, is heading for this particular issue that where they're going to implode if they continue down the road they are. And what's happening in California is on a I would say a, a few steps behind is the is the U.S. The, the, California does basically the the leftist ideology. Uh, it, it's manifested right right there in front of us. That's that's our future if we continue down this road. And it's I, and now keep in mind there are people in the elitist world, the people who control things and who want to run the government, want to control us, want to, want, you know, want to keep us as serfs. There are people in that group that want to collapse the economy. They want to collapse the dollar. They want to get to a digital cashless system and they're going to call it a, a crypto currency or digital currency digital, what are they calling digital currency now is what they're going to call it which is it's nothing more than cashless society they just want to get rid of cash so that, that's what it, that's what that means that's code for get rid of cash and the banks will control everything you'll have no way of just carrying around money on your own I can't just you know get some money out of the bank or you know, keep money out of the bank, or pay my neighbor, or sell something to somebody for cash, and take that cash and go buy something else. You can't do that anymore. You're not going to be able to do that anymore. Have a garage sale. See how that works out for you. You'll have to have some kind of electronic payment plan, payment thing. Which, of course, your phone can do that now. And it's going to go right to your bank account and your bank account, and then you, go, you you so you sell everything, and then what happens is the government comes in and says, "Oh, guess what? Uh, we don't like what you're doing. We're going to freeze your bank account." Thank you very much. Oh, that would never happen. It happened in, in, in Canada. Just a few steps away from us over here. Don't think for a minute this kind of stuff can't happen. Because it can. And they're heading rapidly down that road. And a lot of it is because our, the young people of today do not see the danger in this stuff. What they're teaching in the schools, what they're teaching even in some churches. What the youth are learning, especially in academia, is just, it's just pure socialism, Marxist, controlism, communism. They, 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 and they think it's going to be just some kind of utopia. Yeah, we just, the government can pay for everything and they, they can just own everything and we can just we don't have to worry about it. We can be happy and not own anything. Let's see how that works out for you. So, here is Victor Davis Hanson. I think you can hear this. Hopefully you can hear this. Um, he's talking about California. And, oops, where did this just go? There we go. Oh, I see, there it is. Yeah, let me just, let me just pass. Uh, what I wanted to do. I wanted to, oh, I wanted to pause this. There we go. All right, let's put put it back here. I'm gonna. This guy's in an interview. This is just a couple minutes long, so just bear with me. Uh, we're gonna listen to this whole thing. He, the one little stretch of stuff that he goes through uh, is interesting, and we'll just listen to the whole thing. Um, but it's it's interesting the way he the way he talks about this stuff. So let's we can go from there. Here we go. 
Can you tell us what's happening? Where is the state headed? Well, it's about California. To oblivion. People were leaving to go to places that are what once was known as hell, hot Texas or desert Nevada, that have become paradise in their mind. And we took paradise and turned it into hell. It was very hard to destroy California. It's got huge amounts of timber, minerals, oil, natural gas. So it was very hard to destroy that inheritance. But we did. We have the highest gasoline prices in the United States. We have almost half of the nation's homeless people. We have one third of the nation's welfare recipients. We have the highest income tax. It's sad because when you combine the Sierra Nevada, the Central Valley, the beautiful 600-mile coast, it's one of the most beautiful, fertile, natural places in the world. And so they decided that you look at what you pay, look at what you get in terms of protection, security, schooling, infrastructure, price of gas, price of electricity. And it's not worth the bargain to be in paradise. So you leave. This is this is where things start to collapse. And here's what happens. Property taxes start to go up. So property values go up and they start to tax at a higher rate. Well, then people who are there, you know, you have a 20-year mortgage on a a home that you have to make, you know, $500,000 a year to afford just to pay your mortgage if you're expecting to pay it off. And they'll have 30-year... There was a time in California, that wasn't that long ago, where they had interest-only loans. You buy the home and all you do is pay the interest. You didn't pay anything on the principal. You weren't owning anything. You were renting a home, hoping that the value would go up. So when you sell it, so you're paying the interest. So you bought a million dollar home, which is basically just a little thing on a street corner. Same house here probably cost you $80,000. So you're, so you're buy this million dollar home out there and you pay the interest on it, hoping that at, when you go to sell it, it's worth, you know, 1.1 1 .1 or 1, you know, 0 0.01. And then by the time you pay the closing costs and the, and the property taxes and everything else. But property taxes are based on percentages. So if you have a $100,000 home and you're paying, you know, whatever it is, 12% based on a, on a uh, I don't know, screw you. So, so I'm just using, using round numbers. So you're saying you're paying 10% property tax on a, on a $100,000 home, so you're paying $10,000. That, that's way high, I guess. Let's, let's say uh, 1%. Let's say it's, let's say it's 1%. 2%. Let's say it's 2%. <laughs> I'm just throwing numbers out there. Let's say it's 2%. You have a $100,000 home and you're paying 2%. So you're going to pay $2,000 a year because you own a home. And then if you don't pay it, guess who gets to have the house? Well, they're going to come in and take your house away, sell it, and they're going to take their property tax. And that's the way there you go. And you're going to pay, you know, if they, hopefully you don't owe any, owe any money on the house. Sorry, my, uh, I guess my, well, that's nice. Got all kinds of things going on here, but watch. There we go. Sidetrack. So, so if you don't, if you don't pay that property tax, they take your home away. So who really owns that home? This would be like somebody coming in and saying, well, you have a coin collection that's worth, you know, $20,000. And as long as you have that coin collection, we're going to come in and tax that for you. Now, California tried to do this. In fact, in fact, Nancy Pelosi tried to put this into the House bill and so, the, so everyone in the country had to do this. A wealth tax. Anyone, anyone who has more than $500,000 in the bank is going to be taxed on their wealth. Of course, that's how it starts. That's how it starts. That's how they do this all the time. Well, only a small percentage of the population, only the rich, only we're just going to tax the wealthy. Just we're going to tax the millionaires, the billionaires. And of course, at some point, because of inflation, everybody's a millionaire because that's just what it takes to live. So then everybody gets taxed. And of course, then they start lowering. Right now, I think they're saying that anybody who makes over $400,000, isn't it interesting that basically that everybody in in Congress, basically, what their general income is typically about four hundred thousand. Every time they give them a raise, they always raise that amount. Oh, everybody that makes over five hundred thousand dollars. Anybody that makes over four hundred thousand dollars a year, which, by the way, those people are actually working. 
it's the people who, you know, the billion, millionaires and billionaires, they, don't, they usually don't make a salary. Typically what they do is they have stock options. They go out and get a loan on their stock options. They never make a salary. They're not paying personal income tax. They get a loan on those stock options and then they just live off that loan, pay off a loan, and they go and do it again. And they don't, you don't pay taxes on a loan. It's, it's, this typically happens a lot. This is, this is the whole rich dad, poor dad thing. This is, this is Robert Kiyosaki's idea. He's, he's got a little different strategy in how he does his investments, but it's the same principle. He says he doesn't pay any income tax. Guy's worth, you know, he's worth at least a billion. I think he's worth more than that, probably a couple billion. Several billion. Made most of his money. Actually, he made a lot of money. He did, he did pay personal income taxes when he was doing his book. When he wrote his book, he realized, you know, that didn't work out too well. Where he really makes his money is, is in investments. And so he's not, you know, and I think now he has his, his book, even his, his book sales and all that stuff that he does is under, a, under an LLC that basically doesn't make any money for him personally. So he doesn't pay any personal income tax. Now, I'm not a financial counselor. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I just you know, have ideas and opinions on this stuff. However, I'm here to tell you, we're being fleeced, that's what it amounts to. We are becoming serfs more and more in this country. And, we, you know, all I can say is we need to wake up to this stuff. And I think the reason, the reason that somebody like Vivek and Trump and uh, Tucker Carlson, some of these other people, even, even Alex Jones, pe people like this who step out and make statements that seem outlandish and so far out there and so in your face, it, it's, it's so contrasting to what we're normally used to. I mean, you, Nikki Haley, I think, has overstepped her bounds. I think she's, I think she's been called out now too many times. But the GOP is still behind her. Don't get, don't get me wrong. She's not out of this race. She's not done. But it's interesting that Christy Noem would come out and say, we need to start getting behind. Now, one of the things I disagree with Christy Noem on this statement here, she, she says, she comes out and she says, we need to, we need to start, we need, we need to start laying this stuff down. We need to get behind Trump. We need to rally behind him and put all of our efforts into defeating Joe Biden. No. We need to put all of our efforts into defeating the Democrat Party. Because still, I, I think they're, they're, they've got Joe Biden out there as cannon fodder right now for us to waste our ammunition on. Now, what I mean by that is our political ammunition, our political resources. They want us to be spending our time and effort and money and resources on defeating Joe Biden. Let's go after Joe Biden. Now, you realize if, if, if we do impeach Joe Biden, okay, he's not, he's not going to go through the Senate. He's not going to be actually expelled. He's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to resign unless, unless they make him resign or something happens that he has to resign. It's going to be, a, you realize it's 11 months, 11 months from the general. Maybe just 11 months in a few days. Do you really believe that Joe Biden is going to be on that ticket? I, I, I really don't think so. And even if he is, if he is, he's going to lose. And everybody knows it. Everybody realizes that now. Now, the deep state, and this is, this is, it was interesting to hear the, if you haven't had a chance to hear the conversation between Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones. Now, Alex, like I said, he's a little bit over the top, kind of a sensationalist guy. But, but he does say some things that are right. Now, he claims that he's going, they're going to try to find a, a right-wing knucklehead to take out Joe Biden, try to assassinate him. I don't think they need to. I don't, I don't think they have to do that. However, they need to get the tension built. They need to keep the polarization going. This is what they do, this kind of stuff they do. And they're going to have some kind of a left-wing nut or somebody, maybe even a right-wing nut. Who knows? Somebody like a Ray Epps, who knows? Who's going to try to take out Trump? And they're going to do this kind of thing to polarize people, and they're going to, get, going to get rid of both of them, and they can keep the establishment going as, as usual, and they'll, they'll fall back on the 
regular candidates. Now, I think you will see, I think it's, if they do something like this, it's going to backfire. Um, it, it is going to be bad. Now, the American people out of, American people are very empathetic, believe it or not. I, I think the, the majority of people who are, who are out there, it, when you ever look at things, and this, this is, and one of the reasons for this, I, I believe this, is because you look at someone in terms of um, why the Republicans are so scared to, to impeach Joe Biden. One thing is, here, here's, here's, the, here's the quandary they got themselves in. Joe Biden is, he, he deserves to be impeached. He deserves to be expelled from office. No, no question about it. He broke the law. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a shyster. He's done all kinds of bad deals with China, Russia, Ukraine, everything. It's just all kinds of bad, bad JoJo there. No question. He's corrupt. Shouldn't be the president. Here's the problem. The left will never admit it. The left will never stand up for it. And if the Republicans impeach him, they're afraid that they will lose the general election in 2024. Because the people will retaliate. People don't like it when you when you impeach them. You know, some, this is like going after your political enemies. Um, well, first of all, he's not going to. You know, it's not going to go through the Senate because the, the, the Democrats still control the Senate. So that's not going to work. He's he's never going to hang for these crimes. Let's just put it that way. Now, even if he get, does get impeached by the by the House, he, he's, nothing's going to become of that. Of course, Nancy Pelosi will say, well, it's just bogus. Even though when Donald Trump was, in, was impeached, well, he was still, he's, he's always impeached. He's forever impeached. And of course, then the, the Congress reversed his impeachment. You don't hear much about that. But that happened. So now he's not forever impeached, even though they, they think he is. <clears throat> so we have this issue with the, You know, what happens if, if, if they do? What, what, what happens if he does resign? Who becomes president? Kamala Harris. Now, the Democrats don't like Kamala Harris. But they will treat, they will start to act like she is the best thing since sliced bread if she's the candidate. I guarantee you she will be the most wonderful person on the planet. She will be, there's just nothing she can do wrong and everything she does is just incredible. She, everything she says, everything, that, all the words that drop out of her mouth are just like gold. Because you got to get to go, where are you going to go? Got to get on the bus to go, where's it going to go? Got to go, got to go, got to go. Wheels on the bus go round and round. Speaking of useful idiots, so we have um, she's, and they're gonna they're gonna tout this whole thing of her being the first African American female president. It's gonna be a big deal for them. I'm gonna use that, that talk about identity politics. They will use that that they will play that card all the way to the 2024 election, and they'll run it like crazy. They'll, they have to. They will have to. They don't dare put somebody else in unless she just steps down. Doesn't run. And you know she will. Because these people are megalomaniacs. They don't care about the country. They just care about their power. So, you know, it'd be very easy for Donald Trump just to walk away from this whole thing. He, he could have, after the election, he could have just walked off, said, you know, screw it. I'll go back to making my money. I don't care about you people. And, and the news media and everybody, would, they, would, they would have left him alone. They wouldn't have gone after him. They wouldn't have tried to prosecute him. They would have done all this crazy, crazy crap. And it's, it's, now Jack Smith has been pushing the Supreme Court. He's trying to get this whole trial thing moved, moved up so that he can get it done before the election. He's, you talk about somebody who's motivated <clears throat> out of this derangement syndrome thing. He's got it really bad. And it's, 
when all you have to do is listen to him speak. Like when he presented his his charges, his indictments. It, it not his body language was singing with retribution, and unfortunately, his his voice was also singing with retribution. I mean, it, 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 it's, I'm kind of a like a voice guy, a voice language guy. <laughs> body language, there's body language and there's voice language. It's it's the vocal tonal language. It's not just what the, not just the words they're saying. It's it's how they're saying it that I kind of analyze. There's all the nonverbals involved in the verbals. It's the texture and the tone of a voice that you know, I the tendency to it catches my attention. So they're in a quandary. They're they're in this sticky situation where. You know, do they do they get rid of Joe? And, and, and uh, frankly, this is the only way I see out of this for them in, ter- in terms of playing chess. Maybe I'm not seeing something that they can, they can that they're seeing. But the, when they go to the convention, it's a couple months away. They go to the Democrat convention, and Joe either accepts or does something weird there with the nomination, where they nominate Joe as the president, as, as the candidate for 2024. And he either steps aside or they have a brokered convention or something, something weird is going to happen there. Something is going to happen at that time or right after the convention. This is, this is the way it can happen as well. Joe steps in as the candidate, accepts the nomination, and then resigns sometime before the general. And the DNC then comes in and puts in their candidate. They will, they will not have another primary. They will not have a brokered convention at that point either. They'll, they'll, it'll be, it's, it's called something different. But it basically, the, the superdelegates will convene, which is the, all the Hillary Clinton people. They will convene and they will decide because, you know, democracy. We're not going to do what the people want. We're going to do what's best for the people. What we th- say is best for the people. They just don't know. They want to be your parents. Who else do So here we are. This is where we're at. <sighs> this is going to be a short show, I thought, and it's not. It's a quite, quite long show. In the meantime, however, um, for tomorrow, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I may have to go uh, actually into Chicago very early in the morning. I have no idea where I'm going to go yet, but um, I may have to be out there fairly early. If that is the case, I may be doing a, a show from my iPad tomorrow morning. If that's the case, it's just going to be a short show. However, I'm, if, I'm, uh, if I don't have to go to Chicago till later in the day, there may very well be a normal show. And then, of course, Thursday and Friday, uh, planning on doing a normal show on both of those, those mornings as well. So things should go fairly well for those days. In the meantime, continue to pray for our nation. Pray for what's going on in our nation. I, I just I, I feel like we're... we're Soon after Christmas, we are going to be in for a an interesting, tumultuous time in this country. Things are going to heat up very quickly after the new year. So God bless, folks. Pray for our nation. Pray for each other. Have a great day.